1: on this chilly Sunday. It's a reading of about minus three outside the CKNW studios. Thanks for being with us today. Well, this was one of the strangest stories I heard all week. So I wanted to touch on it this morning and recap a little bit. And if you can help us understand what is going on here, or if you have an opinion on this, I would love to hear from you. And it has to do with the empty homes tax in Vancouver, which on the surface perhaps seems like a good idea if it is to Encourage people to not leave homes sitting empty. And yes, there are many homes sitting empty in Vancouver. Ask anybody that lives in Kitsilano, in Carisdale, in Dunbar, other neighborhoods as well. But those are the ones I tend to hear from people saying, yeah, I go out at night. I know exactly what homes on my block have no people in them. That one, that one, that one, that one. The difference between that, though, and this story is in that case, people can point to a structure and say there's no one living there. Well, this is the story of Jane McDougall. In full disclosure, she is a relative of an employee here at Chorus. Uh, She lives on the west side of Vancouver. She lives on a rather interesting plot of land where there is land adjacent to her house that technically could be developed. And we'll get to that part of the story in a minute. But first, Charmaine De Silva went out to Jane McDougal's property to speak with her. Here's part of that interview. And this is Jane McDougal explaining a bit of the background of the property.
0: We bought this house back in the late 90s. We were going to raise the kids here. And it's a gracious old Carisdale home. In fact, um, it was, uh, I believe we were the second owners of this home. And Uh, was built on a triple lot. The house sort of encroached onto the third lot slightly. When I got divorced, I realized I could not maintain this property any longer, but the kids really wanted to stay in the neighborhood, and there was this vacant piece of land next door that had served as a garden for this property. So I went to the city and made application to subdivide it. Because the principal residence encroached onto the third legal lot, they allowed me to do so, but only if I would create Uh, the property as a heritage revitalization assessment which is to say the principal residents would enter into the heritage registry for the city and I would be allowed to build here but with certain caveats. So that's what we did. I had fully restored the home. It had a complete mechanical upgrade, all of the original plumbing, everything. It was a beautiful home and I felt it really deserved to exist as a piece of history of the city. The cleverer thing to have done might have been to have bulldozed it. I would have been able then to have sold three legal lots, which would have been far more profitable, but that isn't the way Vancouverites thought at the time, and it just was anathema to me to even consider that. So I developed this third lot and had planned to build a home upon it. The property proved to be very complicated. When we went to look at doing so, when I got the money together to actually be able to do so, we were told, for example, that we could not touch the heritage fence that went around the property. My point was, well, how do I get on my land then if I can't take down the fence? So I had to hire Loy Leyland, who is an architect here in the city, to sort of shepherd the issue back again through the planning department. Because the original document proved to be, um, well, let's just say it wasn't standing up. Now, the original document had cost me tens of thousands of dollars in survey fees, architectural fees, on and on and on. But here we were revisiting the entire thing. So it became a very complicated process. And uh, the city was making all sorts of uh, uh, demands that we were having a very hard time in meeting, not the least of which being how do you... If you can't take down the fence, how do you get on your property that you're paying tax on? So after a considerable length of time, we realized that it might just be easier for me to sell it. So I put it on the market.
1: So after all of that, trying to do the responsible thing, the reasonable thing, the thing that would keep a piece of heritage in the city of Vancouver, Jane McDougall put the property on the market. Here's what happened next.
0: After it had been on the market for, I'm going to say, um, well, the better part of a year, uh, we unfortunately couldn't get it to market in time prior to the foreign buyers tax. We had spent possibly a year in process Uh, Loy Leyland um, was trying to sort of help me to create uh, whatever, you know, compliances the city wanted, so as I say we were revisiting the entire agreement Um, so as I say at that point we just decided this is going to kill me it'll be four years before I have a, a house on this property and what's the point so I put it on the market and um put it at a price near the assessed value, and nothing happened. So I eventually took it off the market. I went to fill in the EHT um, form just recently, and I couldn't find a box that actually responded to what this property was. I mean, it's virgin land. It's never had a structure on it. And I couldn't find anything that sort of addressed the fact that it wasn't a property in development. It wasn't, there was just no category that it it actually addressed what this property was. So I contacted the city, and I was told I had to pay the empty homes tax on this property. And I said, but there's no home on this property. There's never been a home on this property. And they said, well, then you have to build one. And I thought, wonderful, give me the $2 million required to do that. Um, So we ended up in a, a, a bit of a stalemate, because... This There's no home on this property. I am not um, denying housing stock to the city of Vancouver. But on the other hand, I'm not really capable of becoming a developer to supply social housing to the city of Vancouver. I wanted to sell it, couldn't sell it, at the assessed value. And um, now I'm being told I have to pay an empty homes tax.
1: I'm a bit shocked. Yes, shocked is one word, I think, to describe how you might feel in that situation, because we're not talking about a couple thousand dollars or any small tax bill. We're talking about a tax bill of forty to $60,000. And again, this was not for a house that is standing there empty that could be used for rental. So what does she do? Does she set up a tent in the yard? Does she let people come and camp there? Would that excuse her from having to pay the empty homes tax? Well, How does the city rationalize this? Charmaine asked Jane McDougall, what did the city, how did the city explain why you are being told you need to pay this tax?
0: Essentially that I have to develop the property. I have to create a home on this property. I have to build a house to make it available to the city of Vancouver so that someone can occupy it. Well, when I spoke to the city about it and what I've understood thus far is that, for example, um, I was told I now had to get a building permit for this property by December 31st. And I had that conversation um, just within the month of December. Currently, to get a building permit from the city takes, most people will tell you, at least a year. And of course, there would have to be a architect selection process and a design process. So let's just say, that should would have been a two-year process. The city, apparently, if you read through the entire bylaw, which I don't think many Vancouverites do, if you read through the entire bylaw, there's one section that talks about some vacant land. It has to do with whether or not it's zoned class one residential. So my point would still be that you know, if they're going to call the tax, and they do, you go to vancouver.ca forward slash EHT, that nothing alerted me to the fact that this property would even be considered as part of the empty homes problem. I get more information on my blue box about whether or not I can put Q-tip swabs in with my paper waste from the household. I had no information that was actually proactively made available to me. In fact, I believe it would be quite the opposite. If you're going to call it the empty homes tax, when indeed it appears to be a build-out-the-city-to-its-maximum-instantly tax, maybe it ought to have been called that.
1: CKNW uh, reached out to to, uh, others to get comment on this story to try and make some sense of this story, because to me it makes no sense at all. You have land. That's never had a property. We, the city, feel it could have a structure on it to house people, but we're not going to let you tear down the fence. We're not going to let you actually build on the land without a mountain of red tape, and you tried to sell. You couldn't sell your house. So now we are going to force you to either develop your private property or pay this tax. Uh, Arcus Tech and real estate consultant Michael Geller also weighed in on this uh, with CKNW, uh, saying this was a tax intended to get people with empty homes and condos to rent them out. This was not a tax with the idea to force people to develop land that has never been developed. And he went on to say if the city is seriously suggesting the owner of a vacant lot, which has never had a house, is obligated to pay the empty home tax, then something is terribly terribly wrong. Uh, We also tried to get more clarification from the city on this to see if this actually was the case. Uh, Asked about McDougall's case, the city said that one of the functions of the empty homes tax is to encourage owners of vacant land to develop their properties. The city also doesn't want to see people demolishing homes to avoid the tax tax. However, the city could not explain why there is no exemption for vacant land that has never had a dwelling on site, especially considering how long and difficult the development process can be. Well, it seems to me the empty homes tax needs to be tinkered with a bit. And that's okay. It's a new tax. There were bound to be a few mistakes, a few things that were overlooked. This is clearly one of them. And if the city isn't going to fix this, Well, all the more reason to consider this when you head to the ballot boxes at the next civic election, because this is ridiculous. This is punishing somebody who has done nothing but be a responsible citizen. Like she said, she could have demolished the house. That would have been the much easier and more profitable thing to do. Instead, here's somebody that's being hammered and being told to pay tens of thousands of dollars because she's not a developer